We've been talking about uh, being positioned to move and specifically being positioned to move in prayer. And so I asked you a couple weeks ago to walk away. And if you need to get caught up on where we're at, you can go back on our YouTube channel. You can catch those sermons starting two weeks ago, positioned to move. And we talked about prayer and your homework walking away was to identify one thing that you need prayer for and one thing that someone close to you around you that you've identified needs prayer for. So there was there was a challenge in that, that you were going to walk away and you were going to identify one thing you need a prayer for and one thing someone else needed a prayer for. Last week, we started this series in Position to Move, talking about prayer being led by praise. Prayer being led by praise. And simply, this is what that means. We are going to show gratitude and thanks to God for answering our prayers before He even answers them and we see it. Before we even see the manifestation of God answering prayers, we're going to praise him because he's worthy and he's God and he's God alone. And this week we're going to talk about prayer being rooted in wisdom. Now, the premise of all this came from, I'm going to have them throw a slide, came from the structure of the nation of Israel being walk, walking through and being led out of exile in Egypt and going into the land they were promised. This is how the nation of Israel camped. So if you haven't been with us, this is the exact order that God gave instruction for Israel to camp in. Each one of the sides has three tribes that make up a squadron. So each side has at the center of it, the tabernacle, which is where God is. It would be the equivalent of a city. Let's say the city of San Marcos city you live in. Having the entire city built around the church where God was, where his people would go to worship him. All of the openings to all of the tents for each one of these tribes faced God. The openings of the tents didn't face any other direction, but they faced God. Why? Because they were going to be God-centered. And what's fascinating about this is that we literally see a cross moving through the desert. So God brought a Christ into the middle of our crisis. We love that. We love the fact that God sent his son, Jesus. Specifically, we were focused on this camp of Judah. To the right, we have Judah, Issachar, and Zebulon. Last week, we talked about Judah, which means praise. So we're going to lead when we pray, when we go to God, and we say, God, here are the things we've identified that we need. Here's the, the one thing that we've identified for a friend or a family member. We're leading with praise, and we're saying, God, thank you so much that you are the God of all existence, and you answer prayers. You make the things that are impossible possible. Today, we're going to talk about Issachar which represents godly wisdom. Now, I just want to say, first and foremost, before I read 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, today we're going to specifically talk about the need for godly wisdom. And there's lots of good wisdom that we have. There's lots of great information. There's lots of intelligent people. Um, there's lots of things that we can gain knowledge in and we can be wise. But today we're going to talk about the need for godly wisdom. And a word that I think that I just have in my heart for us as a church, but also us as a city and a state. And more importantly, I think even as a nation, the need for godly wisdom right now. Can we all agree things are a little bit uncertain. Here's the word that I want to bury after 2020. I never want to hear this word again. It is the word unprecedented. It's unprecedented. I just don't want to hear it again. Let's read first Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. This is going to be very quick. 
Speaking of this tribe, Issachar, it says, the men of Issachar who understood the times and knew what Israel should do, 200 chiefs with all their relatives under their command. So the men of Issachar who understood the times, understanding the times speaks to wisdom. Issachar represents godly wisdom or wisdom centered on God. And again, we can have really good wisdom that's not centered on God. And there's some wisdom that we gain. You could have financial wisdom. Pastor Julie was just talking about this. Hey, we have lots of great uh, wisdom, great intelligent people that have said, hey, here's systems of finance and how it works, but we need godly wisdom in our finances. And, that, and that's why we have Ramsey Plus. That's why we want to offer that to our church family. Why? Because we want to give you godly wisdom when it comes to finances. So Issachar represents godly wisdom. Now I'm going to define wisdom really quickly. Wisdom is simply this, applied knowledge. Applied knowledge. The word knowledge means intelligence. So applied intelligence. Now I'm going to say this. I've known lots of people in my life that are highly intelligent that don't apply it. Have you ever met someone like this? How can you have such a high IQ? How can you be so intelligent? How can you be so bright? How can you be so book strong, but you just can't apply everything that you know? Wisdom is the application of knowledge. I would take someone who has less knowledge, but has more application over somebody that has more knowledge and zero application. If I was building a team, I will take someone who has less understanding and more application than someone who has more information and no application. There's power in the application. God knew how to reconcile our circumstances in sending his son Jesus. Now imagine if God held the information, Jesus can redeem and reconcile everything, but I'm just not going to apply it. Okay, application is everything. So we said before, Information without activation is nothing but spiritual sedentary living. We get, real, we get really full of spiritual thoughts and ideas, but we don't apply it. Here's the deal. God wants to transform your circumstances right now through prayer. What are you praying for? God wants to transform your circumstances and your friend or family member's circumstances that you're praying for right now. Transformation, however, is the information that's been activated. So we have to apply information to see transformation. A little bit about Issachar. Issachar understood the signs of the time is what First Chronicles said. This is what the signs of the time meant. They understood natural, natural times. So that meant that Issachar was a tremendous gift to the nation of Israel. Why? Because when you look at them, they're sitting there and they're able to, with the wisdom that they have centered on God, they're able to advise the other tribes, the other people as history would go on. They're able to advise them on very basic natural things like planting crops. Now, we don't live in in an agricultural society any longer, so perhaps this misses you a little bit. It misses me a little bit to understand this because we just go to our agricultural place called the Sprouts or the Whole Foods or Ralph's or Albertsons, and that's as far as agriculture really goes to most of us. 
And that's how we get this food that we need to sustain life. But in this time, they grew their own food. And so it was very important that there was this godly wisdom to understand the signs of the times when it came to natural occurrences. So Issachar was a huge help and a huge gift to the people around him. They would tell them, hey, this is when you should plant your crop. This is how you should plant your crop. This is when you should, you should reap the harvest of that crop. This is the best way. This is the type of land. This is where you want to plant. So there's very natural, natural things that Issachar had wisdom in. They, they were wise in ceremonial times. They understood ceremonial times. So in the Jewish culture, there's lots of festivals and ceremonies. These guys in this tribe of Issachar understood the application of those things. And so they would, they would, uh, they would advise kings. Kings would call in Issachar to say, hey, we, want to, we need your advice, your wisdom. And they also understood political times. I, I think right now we need some Issachar in our political times. It, I mean, it is, you know... <laughs> unprecedented <laughs> political times we're in. Okay, it's crazy. I mean, people that are much older than me are like, I've never seen anything like this, right? We need, this is why we, this is why we need godly wisdom to give us insight into things. Our good wisdom that we can gain ourselves is actually what got us to the point we're at, FYI. We need godly wisdom. And so Issachar was this tremendous gift as they applied their wisdom and they helped the people around them. And God's wisdom is a gift. Number one, I want to tell you. Number one, we're going to talk about three things today. The first one being godly wisdom is a gift. And this gift that Issachar had, man, they, they would advise people, what a gift to people. And God has this gift of wisdom. In fact, in James 1.5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Now, I want to tell you something. I lack wisdom. It is entirely possible to have the wisdom of God like a salve that needs to be reapplied over and over on the wound of human wisdom. This is what I mean. There are times when we're going to walk into situations, we're going to get up Monday morning, God, give me your wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. God, it's Monday morning. I'm getting ready to walk into that important meeting. Would you give me wisdom? Give me the intelligence and the ability to apply that intelligence when it comes to my business, when it comes to my home, when it comes to my finance, whatever it is. And it's a gift from God that, by the way, is free and he gives generously to anyone, to anyone. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are anyone. Now, some of you were like, I don't know if God would give wisdom to, to you. But this is the problem. God gives without finding fault. Humans, we want to withhold, right? But God's like, no, this is free. He understands that we need it and it's a gift. Godly wisdom is a gift and he's ready to give it to all of us. Number two, godly wisdom is grown. Godly wisdom is grown. What this tells me 
is that, God, you're going to give me wisdom and I need to reapply that over and over and over. And if I apply something over and over and over again, then I'm maturing that thing and I'm growing that thing. I love this in Luke 2.52. It says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in the favor with God and man. Jesus Christ himself. Now, if you're just tuning in or you're sitting here and you're like, I don't know how I got into this building. And I know someone sent me a link to watch us on YouTube. And perhaps you found it in the trending section. I don't know how you got here. But if you don't know by now, you're listening to, we're having church. And so what that means is I'm preaching that this Jesus that we believe, I'm professing this Jesus that is the son of God that's our savior. And if that guy, Jesus, who died for you and for me, who was perfect in all of his dealings in humanity, he walked through the pain and the sacrifice and the surrender that we were going to walk through as humans. But he did so in a perfect manner without blemish, without sin, without missing the mark. If that guy had to grow in wisdom, can I tell you something? I need to grow in wisdom and perhaps you do too. And wisdom can be grown. I'm going to define this word wisdom. Wisdom in this scripture means knowledge and practice of the essentials for godly and upright living. Knowledge and the practice of the essentials. They use the word requisites, but that's a tough word for me because I was like, what does requisite mean? So I, I looked it up and it, it's a, the essentials for godly living. So wisdom is the application of the essential knowledge And Jesus grew in this. So Jesus grew, I'm going to reread this. Jesus grew in the ability to apply God's supreme intelligence. Because this word wisdom means, if you go on, supreme intelligence such as belongs to God. Did you know that God has supreme intelligence? God's ways are above our ways is what what this book tells us. His, His ways are beyond our understanding. So that's why we need to go and we need to pray and ask for his wisdom. Why? Because we need his understanding on things that when we think we understand, we're understanding to our capacity as humans. But he has supreme intelligence. He has supreme knowledge. I want to I apply supreme knowledge. I, I, I want to go to the specialist in that part of my body that's breaking down so that I can get supreme intelligence and apply that expert advice. I'm not going to go to my mechanic And ask him to diagnose what my body is doing. And specifically in a certain area and try to apply that advice. Are you with me? So God has supreme intelligence. And we should apply that intelligence as the expert. Him as the expert of all humanity. 1 Corinthians 1.25 says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. Okay. There's human wisdom. And again, there's lots of good things. But this tells me right here that on the best day, my wisdom doesn't even equal the foolishness of God's wisdom. And it's not saying that God is foolish or that he has foolishness. What 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 it's saying, it's like, we like to play Monopoly every once in a while in my house. We don't play it very often. I'll tell you why, because everyone ends up crying. Because Monopoly to me is this, is this moment, this opportunity for me to teach my seven daughters how, how to be strong businesswomen. So when you land on Boardwalk, I don't care if you don't have the money to pay the mortgage. You need to liquidate some of your properties and get your business right. I, 
I'm teaching them life principles. Don't cry. Suck it up, buttercup. Come on. And it's like, my wife's like, you should just let them win sometimes. And I'm like, even on my most foolish, dumbest day, they couldn't beat me. I think God's a little bit like a dad who sits up there and is like, (laughs) all of you got together and added up all of your wisdom doesn't even make a blip on the radar compared to the least of the least of my wisdom. I love this. Because what it's telling me is that I, this word wiser, for the foolishness of God is wiser. That word wiser means forming the best plans and using the best means for their execution. Skilled or expert. God is the expert. This is what it says. It says, God is the expert. Humans are not. And you need to grow in the application of God's expertise. And it talks about this plant. So I'm going to replace it. Strategy. We need God's strategies, his plan, and the means for executing it. His plan and the means for executing it. Now, I want to tell you one of the greatest ways that you can grow your wisdom is getting in and understanding and applying God's word. Okay? Just, I'm going to make this real simple. Apply this. I think we live in a society that loves to recite things, not just the Bible, but not live by them. So we do lots of things. We use this scripture to, to, uh, to make progress in our arguments in society. So we'll post it on all kinds of great forums called, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. We'll use this in arguments against people. We'll use scripture for lots of things. But I have a simple question for you. This is how simple, this is how simple following Jesus is. Read it and do it. We like to read it and then we like to argue about it. And the argument takes energy, but it's not doing the it. We need to read about the stuff and we need to do the stuff. In fact, some of us are so caught up in knowing all this stuff, we don't even do anything with it. And again, I would rather have someone who knows one piece of one scripture and applies it than someone who knows all of this and has zero application. So the greatest way to grow in wisdom is through God's word. It says, for the Lord, Proverbs 2, 6. By the way, side note, if you right now, if you're like, okay, I need wisdom, Pat, <clears throat> read Proverbs. It's written by this guy, Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man in history. God said to the Solomon, real quickly, I just want, I just, just, it's kind of a side note, but I think this is important. God said to this guy, Solomon, ask anything of me and I'll give it to you. And instead of asking for riches, and instead of asking for his enemy's head, young Solomon was a young boy, and he became king. And he recognized, I need godly wisdom. And so he said, God, give me wisdom. 
And God, I think, you know, God's like, wow, 13 years old and you asked for wisdom. So God gave him everything else that he didn't ask for because he asked for wisdom. This guy, Solomon, one of the wealthiest people in history, one of the wisest people in history wrote this book, Proverbs. If you want wisdom, read Proverbs. Read a Proverbs a day. It is going to give you wisdom. But here's the deal. When you read it, sometimes it's going to go against your own wisdom. Don't throw it out. For 30 days, just test it. Apply what you read and see what happens. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So God's like, do you you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Like, Wisdom. God's words are wisdom. So I want God's word. I want God's word. This is crazy. There are lots of experts on things. I want God's word on things because they're supreme in intelligence. Biblical principles don't fail or change because God never fails and he never changes. So I want to apply the infallible principles of God. I'm going to use this as an example to my finances. Because they don't change. So you have the gift of God's word. You and all of us do. We all have the gift of God's word. Now we need to grow in our application of it. Godly wisdom is grown. Amen? Lastly, godly wisdom requires humility. Godly wisdom requires humility. There's this tug of war. God, I can figure this out. I'm good. God's like, I'm pretty sure you figuring out is why you're standing in front of me asking me to help you unfigure what you figured. But cool, you go ahead and figure it out. God, I don't know how I got into this mess, but I think I can get myself out. Let me tell you, godly wisdom requires humility. Psalm 111.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. To who belongs eternal praise? To who who belongs eternal praise? To God belongs eternal praise. Does it say to, to man belongs eternal praise? No, no, no. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, we praise people for things that they do. But eternal praise belongs to who? God. And this is the beginning of this wisdom that allows us to live in this place of eternal praise to God begins with what? The fear of the Lord. Now, this word fear doesn't mean like the trembling, terrorized fear of a chihuahua in the corner who like someone walks in and the chihuahua is shaking and peeing all over the ground. You know, like, have you ever seen this before? Like the shivering, like, did you, like, you you put this little dog in a freezer. It's like, oh, okay, okay. There's like this terror. That's not the fear that I'm talking about. This word fear, in fact, when I describe this, I want you to know this. This, what I'm about to describe as fear, I believe has been lost in our society. So this is going to sound very foreign to some of you. And when I say some of you, I don't just mean people who don't know God or don't know who don't don't know his wisdom. I'm talking about this might be foreign to all people, even people who profess to be followers of God. This might be foreign. The fear talked here is deep reverence. Do you have deep reverence when it comes to God? 
When I look around the United States, I don't, I don't get a sense that we have a deep reverence for God. This word reverence means respect, honor, awe. Are we in awe of who God is? Do we honor him and have respect? Adoration is what this means. Worship or praise. So the deep reverence, respect, honor, awe, adoration, worship, praise of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Why? Because it puts us in a place of being humble before God, the creator of all creation. The supreme intelligence. It allows me to come to him and say, I'm going to be led by praise. I'm going to praise a God who is supreme in all things. And have the humility to be rooted in his wisdom. Because if I don't, I can praise a whole lot, but don't have any structure to move on that praise. So Issachar needed to come behind Judah. Issachar had to be married right in line behind praise. Because without, without formation, praise is just throwing a party without any progress. And we need to throw the party and then have the formation to have progress. And that comes from a divine strategy. That comes from godly wisdom. But we need humility. Godly wisdom is actually focused praise. Intentional praise on a supreme intelligent God who we say to God, our first ask, this is what I said a couple weeks ago. We're going we're gonna to lead in our prayer with praise. And the next thing we're going to do is we're going to be rooted in wisdom. And rooted in wisdom means I'm not God. I'm not going to praise you and then say, praise you, thank you, God. Now fix my problem. We're going to say, God, thank you simply for being who you are. And our first ask is this. Now, God, would you give us your divine, supreme, expert intelligence and the strategy and the plan that you have for us? Because that's what we want to walk in, but that takes humility. Society at this point, I believe, I, this is what I believe. I believe society has almost completely lost as a whole. This idea, this eternal awe and honor and respect and worship of God. We, th we, we think come November 3rd that, that if we vote for the right person, now don't get me wrong. God, we need wisdom. I, I, I'm, as I'm saying this, I'm praying this, just so you know. I'm professing this. God, we need wisdom when it comes to the political times. And you gave that to Issachar. We need wisdom when it comes to natural. And so we, we need this wisdom, God. But God, those things aren't the answer. In fact, I think we're, we are thinking as a society too highly about our own strategies and we're praising them. We've put them on pedestals. And what, and, and what happens is, is when you do that and pride overtakes, this is what Proverbs 11.2 says. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. Hold on. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. You can't have wisdom without humility. And when pride comes, then comes disgrace. Folks, we are feeling the disgrace right now. 
globally, specifically in the United States, we are feeling the disgrace of losing the awe, the honor, and the reverence of God in our society. If I flip open the news, it's disgraceful how we're treating one another. It's disgraceful the things that we're saying. And I want to tell you something. That comes from pride. I think the United States at some point woke up and looked at itself in the mirror and said, you look great. I adore you. Look at all of your splendor and all your glory. Most powerful nation. And the problem is is we got a glimpse of ourselves and we began boasting about our own wisdom and we forgot about having the fear of the Lord. And that is the beginning of godly wisdom. Our country needs a deep, deep repentance. Ezekiel 28. I really feel like this is a word. This, now, I'm going to say this. I really feel like this is a word for our country. <laughs> this can be applied globally. I think it can be applied to states, to cities, to your homes. It can be applied to yourself personally. But this is, this, this is the word. Ezekiel 28. Verse 17 says, your heart became proud on account of your beauty. What did I just say? What happens when pride sets in? That's the moment that I get up and I look in the mirror and I go, hey, how are you doing? You look good. Can I tell you how wise you are? Can I tell you that all of the pleasures and splendor that you see in your life, Pat, because of your supreme intelligence. See, what we've done in society is we've pulled, we've pulled our intelligence up and we've pulled God's intelligence down and we think that it's relative. And this is saying your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you, and you corrupted your wisdom You got off track because of your splendor. God is the God of redemption. And he sent his son, Jesus, who is our wisdom. Check this out. 1 Corinthians 1.30. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. What? Let's get back to God-centered, godly wisdom. Why? Because... The wisdom from God that he sent in Jesus Christ is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. And we need redemption right now. Anything you're praying for, this is what you're praying for. God redeemed this thing. And we need godly wisdom for that. It's a gift. And we need to grow in it. In our application of it. And it's going to take humility. We have lots of intelligence in our world. The smartest we've ever been with technology. But how can it be that we're smarter than ever and we're a disgrace? Let's pray very quickly. If you need wisdom this morning, 
I'm going to ask you to stand right where you're at. Unless you're driving a car. Then pull over. Put your hazard lights on on the side of a freeway. Get out of the car if you want. Stand. Do it safely. Way off the shoulder. Okay? I'm going to have to take everything into account here. If you need wisdom, this is what you're saying. I'm making myself known right now. So if you could just open your hands up. And, and, and this, is, this is really all this is. Okay, when you open your hands up, you're just saying, God, I'm going to ask for something. And this is me saying I'm going to receive it. <laughs> you can't receive a good gift with your hands like this. This. Give it to me, God. So God, we ask. We lack wisdom. It's a gift from you. We want to grow in it. And we have the humility to say to you, God, bring it. Give us godly wisdom and insight. In fact, God, our homework this week is to simply ask you for your expert intelligence, your wisdom surrounding our prayer request. So you've got these prayer requests. Last week, you began praising God for answering those things before you even saw him answer them. And this week, we're going to ask God. We're going to say, God, the thing that we're asking for right now, we're going to continue to ask for every single day, every single moment of the day if I have to. God, give us your expert intelligence and wisdom surrounding this prayer request. Give us strategy. Because your plans are way better than our plans. So we submit them to you. We thank you. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said amen and amen.